Hello, everybody, and welcome to Strategically and Unapologetically with Firestarter Monica. I am Firestarter Monica, and we have a special guest here today. We have Leonard Bankhead, who I fondly, fondly call Mr. Optimism. How are you, Mr. Optimism? I'm doing good. How are you, young lady? I am doing great. Folks, I just want to tell you all, you diamonds in the rough, anyone that's listening, or who's taking advantage of viewing this, I want to say to you, this man here is something. I want you to hang out with us and listen to this interview. I want to make good of your time, Mr. Optimism. And <laughs> because of that, we're going to dive right in. So the first question I have for you, how long have you been an inventor? Uh <laughs> I have probably been a creative, is what I like to call myself, probably since I came out of the womb. Um, in high school, uh, I remember we uh, one of the projects a friend and I did, and we designed a arcade. Remember, the 80s was big time in arcades, Frogger and stuff like that. So we designed um, a poster for it. And the character in the poster had this really cool jacket. Remember the short jackets used to have and color over here and stuff like yeah. that. Yes. We liked it so much that we uh we had that that jacket made. And so that was just it is that that creative it was like okay if I can think it I can do it. And so a lot of times kids, oh yeah you can't do that. I'm gonna be that first kid to step up. Yeah I'm gonna give it a shot. And so it just kind of started from there. Um, I give a lot of credit to my dad, William Housie, who always made my brother and I think before we did anything. And to this day, if there's a project at the house, here's what he'll do. Stand in front of the house and he'll look up and he'll be out there for 15, 20 minutes, figuring it out in his head before we start work. And he'd have it down every time. And I've lived my, my life that way. If I can plot it out and plan it in my head, I take a shot. So yeah, it's it's been a multitude of projects. I think I sent you a little information. I had a clothing line my brother and I did called Beater Boy. Hold on, what's that? Yeah, let's see it. This is what we did. That was our clothing line. Uh, and it was just like, you know, back in the day, everybody wore wife beaters. And so we designed a clothing line. I still wear wife beaters under my clothes, you know, just to keep your body dry. But just taking chances, it doesn't, you know, you gain more from trying something and failing than you do from never trying. Okay. And so um, it was that. It was, I think I sent you some more information on my uh, postcard company. So it was um, postcard size cards that you fill out on the back and just like a regular postcard, put a stamp on it, you mail it out. And when the person gets it, there's a picture inside. So you put the picture in there and it was called LB postcard because I'm LB. <laughs> And just every five or six years, I come up with something else and try it. And really cool thing happened. I don't want to take up too much of your time, but I designed a um, planter box for my mom. She does a lot of planting. And her issue was that if the plants didn't grow on a certain side of the house, she would have to dig it up and move it somewhere else. Uh -huh. So I created a planter box that had stakes in it on the sides. And so if it didn't work, you pick it up, you move it. It also tilted. So you can get sunlight. And the coolest thing about it, I made a few. I sold a few to some friends. My mom has a, had a few. And I was at all these markets, I want to say maybe a year, year and a half ago, just getting ready to leave. 
and sitting right by the register was their own version of a, a removable planter. So I must be doing something right, you know, because it didn't exist. It was nothing out there like it. Like I said, I created it and threw it out there and it was functional and it worked. I just come up with stuff that makes my life easier. And if somebody else happens to like it, so be it. We'll go that way. Well, that's good because a lot of, to, not all, but a lot to invention is solving a problem. Yes. So that is very good. And I am one of those that are guilty. Um, I think the first time I had an idea was, I was something like 27, 28, did a little research and set it off to the side. And next thing I knew, there it was. So that's happened yeah. to me four times in my life. The most recent one was probably about mm, four or five years ago. Um, I designed it. I still have it on my old computer. One of my coworkers gave me this uh, 3D software and it was uh, about, it, it was called a crunch cube where you could do crunches and set up. I did oh, a little okay. research on it, set it to the side. I saw it on television earlier this year. <laughs> so, yep. yeah, so that you is just, wonderful. So yeah, before you, just never know. you became a creative, what did you Art. do in your other life? Uh, I was always an artist uh, in high school, always drawing, sketching, painting. That turned into photography. Um, a little bit of film work. I worked for Dolphin Productions in uh, Waterford, I believe, at the time. Did a little short film, did some uh, commercial drafting and drawing and things like that. That subsequently turned into video. So when VHS came into popularity, um, got into commercial work. So did commercials. Uh, believe it or not, actually in front of the camera a couple times too. When the artist didn't show up, I wrote the commercial. I knew all the words like, okay, well, I'll get in there and I'll do it. Um, and it just, it's always been something. It's always been an outlet for me. I have to get it out. And so a recent, um, and I've always been in some sort of sales and marketing and advertising personality dictates, but I got out of television and then, um, got into, I'm at BASF now, uh, doing fulfillment and sales. But, um, again, if you follow me on, on social media, you know that I'm cooking now and cooking quite a bit. So that creativity that was, um, photography and video and film has now transported itself into food. And so I bake, I do sweets, I do desserts, I do dinners, I do bread. So every fall I come up with something else I want to learn how to do. And I find the standard recipe and then I make it my own. So the creativity is still there. It just manifests itself in something different all the time. Well, that's good to hear. Now, I, I heard about mm -hmm, three major transitions and what you just shared with us. Yes. How do you know? What is your indicator? Uh, what is the aha moment that you've experienced to let you know that it's time to to transition from one phase to the other? That's a really good question. Um, the simple, simple answer to that is that sometimes you get to choose and sometimes it chooses you. I was uh, GM headquarters downtown for about eight years. Um, the owner of that company was a Canadian-based company. GM came in and basically saw everything we were doing with satellite division, I'm sorry. So, um, you know, most companies have a university, like there's a Target University where people go and learn all about Target and how to run a store. 
this was GM University and people log on from all over the world and learn about GM products, how to be a salesperson, how to be a mechanic, anything GM related. So we did satellite broadcasting. Uh, anyway, GM loved it um, and basically came along and said, well, we like what you guys do and we're just going to do it ourselves. So I got laid off. And so I was like, well, what am I going to do next? Because I've been doing some form of television or video for a lot of years. And a lot of it was freelance. So I was on the road working every weekend. I worked for another company where we shot industrials and it just ran its course with me. And I want to tell everybody, pay attention to your mother. My mom told me, oh, you're doing this television. That's good. And she told me straight to my face, you're not going to do that forever. And, you know, you're young. You're you're right in the midst of it. Oh, you're crazy. I'm going to be doing this. I'm going to be doing that. And she told me, you're not going to do this forever. Mm-hmm. But, and she was right. Once I had that break, I realized, A, how much I missed out on. Because I was traveling so much, working on the weekends, and, and just missing so much of my, my family. My mom, my dad, my brother. I missed my brother's graduation from high school. I missed my sister's graduation. And you realize that it sounds cliche-ish, but it's very true. Money is not everything because the money is gone. I can't get those memories back. So I needed something that was going to keep me close, keep me home, keep me from traveling. And it wasn't TV. And so I just kind of bounced around and did a few things. Um, A headhunter called me up and kind of knew about my sales and my advertising experience. And the BASF was looking for a company to come in and start doing sales on site with them and fulfillment. And I've been there. I have uh, eight years at BASF. Just last week was my eight-year anniversary. And so it's close to home. I get to see my parents every weekend, you know, and do things that I was missing out on because, you know, I was making memories for somebody else doing television and not experience memories for myself. So sometimes the path picks you. Sometimes you pick it and you know what you're supposed to do and where you're supposed to be. And sometimes life's like, no. And if you don't pay attention, it'll whack you on the head and, and make something definite to you. You know, you people say, listen to that little voice in the head. Sometimes you need a punch in the back of the head to realize, OK, I'm, I'm moving. <laughs> Get yeah. out the way. Right. So you're saying pay attention to the subtleties. Yes. You won't have and, to and, and pay attention to the, 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 the anvil hitting you on the head, too. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes people, well, I'm supposed to be doing this and I've always done this and people were creatures of habit. And so you figure, well, I went to school for this. I'm supposed to be doing I can't give up on this. I spent too much time and money. No, nope. pay attention to the subtleties, but pay attention to the anvil too. Okay, well, thank you. <laughs> now you did, I, I, I have to uh, say that you did share this with me. Um, you did share, We I actually posed a question of, you know, you're working in sales now and fulfillment yes. with BASF. Yes. Um, that's, I don't want to say vastly different from, but from what you did share with us with television, there is a difference there. Yes. And and so now we've got this, this whole inventor thing and it's all coming, becoming this amalgamated, you know, it's starting to come together. So is there something um, that you want to to share with us? Is there a guide? Because not everyone comes out of the gate or at the beginning um, and, and just say, all right, you know what? I know who I'm supposed to be. As an example, 
Uh, my dentist, I was talking to her one day. I said, how did you decide to be a dentist? She said that she was sitting at the table with her mother and her mother said to her one day, why don't you be a dentist? And that seed stuck. Can you imagine that? Imagine that. It's not like wow. that for everyone. Some of us need a handbook, a guide, a manual. Is there something that you've generated or created that will help other potential creatives? Well, funny that you mentioned that. It's probably the number one question I, I get is like, well, how do you come up with these ideas and how do you make the product and this, that, and the other? And um, so I'm working on, I've got some pages written down. I know a young lady who's got a book on Amazon that I still need to get on how to get my steps started. You might know who she is. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, that would be you. <laughs> and um, it's going to be called uh, The Birth of a Good Idea. Okay. And what I talk about in that is that even people who don't have kids know about kids. You know, they got a, a, a sister or an aunt or somebody raising kids. And you know the basics of kids and being pregnant and so on and so forth. And so I'm going to equate having a child or wanting to have a child, getting pregnant, going through that nine months, having that baby, that whole thing will be parallel to inventing and coming up with an idea because they're very, very much the same. Everybody tells you that their ideas are their baby. And it takes as much cultivating. It takes as much patience. It takes as much care. And all the things of raising a child is coming up with an idea. And it's not just inventing something. Um, I use my brain and I use my idea skills in my day-to-day -day, um, life at work. There's always a better way. There's always a more different way and more interesting way to do things. And people think they need to come up with this million-dollar idea like Shark Tank and stuff like that. You don't. You just have to do everything. You know, what do they say? You, you can't fly into flying. You first have to crawl and walk and run and, you know, so on and so forth. So you can't just sit down and I'm going to come up with this million dollar idea. Use your life. The, the planter that I told you about, that was part of my everyday life because mom and I planted together. Um, some of the other things, the clothing line, I wore those type of clothes. So I decided to make my own. You have to know your lane and pick something that pertains to your life and makes your life easier. Because if it makes your life easier it's going to make somebody else's life easier. And so you just have to be careful not to dream too big too soon. Baby steps. But yeah, that's that's the guide. And so it'll be fun. It'll be funny. And it'll be something everybody can relate to because, again, everybody knows about babies. Okay. So let me ask you this. Do you have a release date uh, in your mind right now when this will be available? Yikes. Um, well, this year's the, the uh, February is when I officially launched my trunk block site. So as my baby, we're going to give her a little more attention uh, through the rest of the year. I've got a lot of stuff planned for the holiday season. Okay. I would say when things slow down, hopefully they never slow down, but things kind of get a little more uniform and a little more consistent with sales online. And I get more comfortable doing these videos then sometime next year, um, I will start plotting and planning. And hopefully, maybe the end of next year, I will have that guide available to people. Awesome. Awesome. You did mention a video. But before we go, um, I do have a video here that we can show our viewers. Do you? <laughs> I, I do. But before we go there, 
I see this wall of fame behind you. What 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 is all this about? These are my trunk blocks. This is this is why you have me here. Uh, one of the reasons you have me here. This is my current invention. And believe it or not, over 20 years ago, this was my very first invention. Um, and I'll tell you a quick story. So everybody in Michigan, summertime, wintertime, has a bottle of windshield fluid rolling around in their trunk. <laughs> everybody does. Um, and I had one. It's half full because, you know, it doesn't the reservoir doesn't hold the whole bottle. It only holds half. That's right. And I was just sick of hearing it roll around in there. So I had a, a lumbar support. It was like a little tiny thing, probably only maybe two inches high, but it had some sticky stuff on the on the back of it. And so I was mad. I threw the solvent in there and I put that thing on there. Started driving around. I was like, it's pretty quiet. What happened? And I looked in there and only two inches high, that windshield solvent stayed. Little tiny light bulb went off. I'm like, well, okay. And so just farted around with a couple different ideas and a couple different styles. And the reason it's called trunk block is because initially it started out as a block of foam. I cut that foam in half and voila, trunk block was born. And so um, I still still have some of the original trunk blocks that I made, like I said, over 20 years ago. But what happened is I sold a, a few out west. Um, it did okay. And just like you, I put it to the side. I hadn't thought of it in a while. And then my mom's like, uh, they moved or she was looking in the basement or something. She's like, oh, I found some of your trunk blocks. Um, are you going to make some more? I was like, I could. So I changed the material. So now it's automotive grade material. So it's stain resistant, wa you know, water resistant, heat and cold. And I put bigger tabs on the bottom because all trunk materials are pretty much the same and they all can be uh, adhered to with Velcro. And so I just started doing it again, selling them to people. And, and the response was pretty good. It's like, okay, well, I've got nothing going on. I'm out of television. Let's give this a try again. And that was, I want to say another, maybe five or six years ago. And here we are five or six years later, just opened up the website and it's been, it's been doing pretty good. You know, it's again, it's not gangbusters, but you don't need that. It's not about, I hate to say it again, I don't, I don't want to be on Shark Tank. I don't want to be on QVC. I just want to have something that came from me out into the universe, which may last, you know, how, whoever knows how long. hundred years ago, somebody may dig this up and, you know, know it was me that, that invented it. It's just a part of me as being a creative. It's a part of me that's out there in the universe. Well, thank you so much for sharing it, Mr. Optimism. <laughs> uh, and, and just to uh, quantify what it is um, that Leonard Bankhead said, he's, <clears throat> excuse me, he's saying that he doesn't strive for popularity. He's not looking to be on Shark Tank, QVC, none of these types of things. But he did stress the importance, and you know, I'm, I'm big on that, of using what has been placed in your hands. You owe it to the creator as a creative to share with the rest of the world, right? Yes. So we're going to take a few minutes, um, a, a, just a couple of few seconds to take a look at a video about trunk block. America, this is what's happening inside your trunk on your way home from the grocery store. It doesn't have to be this way anymore. Now there's trunk block. You just take your groceries, put them tightly against the wall of your trunk, Put your trunk block in place and that's it. 
Trunk Lock is a firm but flexible foam and its secret sticking power, Velcro bottoms. So let's say that this wagon is your trunk. On this side, you've got trunk lock, everything's blocked in place. Here you have nothing. You do stops, you do stops, you do right turns, you do left turns, you even go uphill. And as you can see, trunk lock keeps everything in place. There are 263.6 million cars on the road. They should all have trunk lock. I love it. <laughs> I'm excited. I'm telling you, I just believe, and this is me, I just believe in my heart that this is not the end. There will be other inventions. I'm oh, excited. for sure. I hope so. Yeah. So oh, with yeah. Trunk Block, do you have um, other uh, styles I see? Yes, we have some. These are almost like a basketball material. So okay. a lot of people who um, tailgate for different parties and things like that, these are made out of vinyl. So they're waterproof, stainproof, you know, so you go to a picnic, you spill something on it, wash it right off. I had another one. We got a big football fan. So that one looks like football. I have some that are U of M. I have some that are Michigan State, of course. I even have some that are Lions for Lions fans. So I got a little bit of everything for everybody. And excuse me for a sec, because we want to save this beautiful planet, I also have reusable shopping bags, jumbo bags. They're really big. They really hold a lot wine bags. And I just want to make, um, you know, uh, there's a guy who does um, Flex Seal. He started out with one simple product. And then he just built a ton of products around it. And so that's my idea. The trunk block itself is a simple, basic product. But I want to build everything around it because ultimately, it really quick story, somebody else will. The guy who came up with the, uh, what's those stupid shoes? Crocs. The inventor of Crocs, somebody came behind him and came up with these little tiny buttons that go inside the hole of a Croc. So if, say, you liked butterflies, they have these little tiny pegs that go inside your Croc, little butterfly pictures. That person who made the pegs that go inside the Crocs has made half the kind of the amount of money that the guy who invented Crocs made. So why give that creative and why give anybody an option to piggyback off my product when I can piggyback off my product? So yeah, I just wanna have a, a my own little trunk lock world with all these products and all these things that people can use. And again, it, it's, it's seeds. I just wanna throw those seeds out into the universe and see where they end up and see what they, what then in turn they produce. That is awesome. Now, I know you shared um, before we came on camera, you did share with me that on YouTube that there are videos. Now, how can we find Trunk Block on YouTube? YouTube, uh, Instagram, uh, Facebook, just type in Trunk Block or Leonard Bankhead and my videos will pop up. These are videos I've put out over the years, people using Trunk Blocks in a lot of different ways. And that's the coolest thing I think about this product because I initially got it, invented it and thinking groceries. And groceries is, is a really good thing, but people have used these things for so many other things. I have a friend of mine uh, that I work with at GM. He has a motorcycle and he actually used them inside his heart shell case in his motorcycle to take wine and things like that to different people. You'll see all those videos out there, but I never thought about a motorcycle because I don't own a motorcycle. Um, my parents travel in their motorhome and uh, have on there also is the trunk lock mat. 
which you can put anywhere in your vehicle. So it's not just for the trunk. So if you're taking a cake and you put it in the back seat and you put your trunk blocks in place, hear that? It's going to stick. It's going to keep it in place. My parents use them in their motorhome because if you think about it, they're in a motorhome with a coffee maker, toaster. You don't want that sliding on those little marble counters. You put the trunk block mat down. You put the trunk blocks in place and it keeps things in your motorhome from sliding all over the place while you're driving. And again, I, I would have never thought about that. But so I tell people all the time, tell me your trunk block story. I want to hear how you're using it and where you're using it so I can share that with other people. I love it. So, folks, you've heard it. Trunk block is good for recreational vehicles. It's good for cyclists. It, and while you were talking, I was thinking caterers because you did mention food. Yes. So I'm telling you, I mean, the, the, the uses of it are endless, right? Yeah. I have two friends of mine. Uh, one worked for uh, Grubhub and the other worked for Uber Eats, and they used it when they when they travel and they pick up their food because then they put the trunk block mat on the seat next to them that way you don't have to put the food in the back you don't have to put it in the trunk you put the mat down you put the blocks in place keeps the drinks from spilling keeps people's food from getting smushed you don't have to put a seat belt on it which i've seen people do and so yeah there's a million different applications so i just want people to get out there try it enjoy it and and, and tell me how they're using it and like i said and then we can share yeah. that with everybody else I'm telling you, because right now, if I were a mom, I would have me a blanket laid out somewhere with some trunk blocks with my baby <laughs> on the floor on a pallet. And that baby starts rolling, set up some <laughs> trunk blocks and that's it. Keep keep set up a barrier. Thank you so much for sharing. Now, with regard to our viewers and our listeners. Yes. Is there anything that you like to offer them? So I would love to offer them something. Uh, right now, all the way until fall, they can uh, order Trunk Blocks at trunkblock.com. And it will be free shipping uh, probably for the for the duration of the summer till we get into the holiday months. And I might extend it for the rest of the year. But take advantage of that right now. And I say, we'll see who's paying attention. I say your next 15 purchases that mention your site they will get an additional trunk block mat for free. Order a pair of trunk blocks and get the trunk block mat for free for the next 15 buyers. Once, uh, and I'll know, you know, they'll they'll put something in that they know you and they, they watch your program or what have you. And um, yeah, we'll, we'll send out some free gifts. I love giving people free stuff. Well, thank you so much. <laughs> and Mr. Optimism, you have definitely been an inspiration. Um, I, I like, people that energy that energy is contagious and as as you saw as you were talking about things the ideas just like popcorn just begin <laughs> to flow thank you so much thank you so much is there anything we'd like to have you again on your next invention of course sure. but is there anything that you want to share before we close uh i would like to share that i want people to just try there's so much negativity in the world and so many people saying they can't and have all these excuses in the world. It doesn't get you anywhere because just like you said, you're sitting back somewhere and five minutes later, you see somebody who's done the exact same thing you wanted to do. Just take a chance. Just try. It's all it takes. Just like when we were little kids and your mom made you try a certain vegetable or a certain food. Or I remember I'm going to tell this story. 
um, I started a new grade school and um, I was a new student. And at that time, I had a pair of bongos when I grew up and I would just play at home, never had any lessons, but, you know, making noise. I was an only child at the time before my brother and sister came along. Anyway, got into the school. My mom met, I think, uh, maybe a music teacher and subsequently told her, oh, yeah, my son plays the bongos. Five minutes later, that lady wanted me in a play they had coming up where they were going to have this little musical and they needed somebody in the background. And I fought tooth and nail. I didn't want to do this. I didn't. I didn't on stage in front of a whole bunch of strangers. No, she made me do it. And it was one of the most fun experiences I've ever had in my life. You just have to step out of your comfort zone a little bit and just try it. People who always, oh, I can never learn how to draw. Get a draw by numbers, get you know anything, take baby steps, but just try it. You, you don't even have to tell anybody, just try it. And then that in of itself will be got something else. And then before you know it, that thing you thought you could never do and never succeed at, you're on the path. I but love God. You gotta have faith and you gotta just get out there. Now you guys know where I call him Mr. Optimism. <laughs> Thank you so much. This is so healthy. I love it. This is the stuff that keeps you fluid and vibrant and moving and active and healthy. That creativity. It does it for you every time. Folks, you have been strategically and unapologetically with Firestarter Monica and Mr. Optimism, Leonard Bankhead. And until we connect again, remember, be 